1: My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgat and Declan Goff. And Declan, I'm going to break something out in honor of the Wild already clinching a playoff spot last night. Okay. um, Through their victory with the Sharks. Hopefully you can see this okay. This is a throwback. This is a 2003, I think it's sponsored by the Pioneer Press. It's very dirty. It's (laughs) grimy and it's old. But it's the 2003 state of hockey flag that the Wild passed out for fans to wave during their uh, playoff run, which of course went back then to the conference finals. Very Mm -hmm. few Wild teams have deserved that type of respect, but seven consecutive wins, playoff berth clinched. Uh, This team continues to play for the most part. They get outshot, but I, Honestly, don't care. Uh, for the most part, they continue to play well. And you know what they got, Declan Goff? They got a superstar. Superstar. How much fun is this? I'm like, you you keep saying this, and you're right, but it's great. You keep saying every time we talk about Kaprizov, it's gold. Like, people flock to it. <laughs> and I keep saying, you know why? Because he's basically, take your pick. He's Randy Moss, too. Right. Like, he's that good. He's changed your franchise. He's changed your franchise completely. You know, I keep going back to this. This is what you hockey fans and sports fans in this state deserve. You deserve this. Enjoy this. You have not a good player. Fial's a really good player. Like, he's a good player, right? This guy's not a good player. This guy's a bleeping superstar.
2: Yeah, it's it's awesome watching him, man. It's, it, it goes to the point where if you get outshot, And if you had the right circumstances around you, you can overcome these things, and that's why he's not only the rookie of the year. Like I don't want to hear any more chatter about um, what's his name from Dallas. See, he's not even on my radar. Jason Robertson. Yeah, Jason Robertson. Very
1: nice season.
2: Not even on my radar. Not even. Not even because if you remove Jason Robertson from the Stars, guess what? The Stars are who they are. That's like that, that. That's exactly the point. If Kirill Kaprizov's removed from this team, maybe the Wild are flirting with the Coyotes right now for that last four spot. You know, like they they're not as good as they are without Kaprizov right now, and he's literally lifted them up. And yeah, it's Randy Moss. It's it's the equivalent of having a hockey version of Randy Moss. Justin Jefferson, I think, is a star for the Vikings. Right, like it looks like he has every makings to be a yep. very good wide receiver and a good player in the NFL for a long time. I think yep. Anthony Edwards has has a fun ceiling too for Timberwolves. He's probably lesser than, than Justin Jefferson's maybe ceiling, but still a, a fun guy to have and maybe build a, build your team around. What Kaprizov is doing for this franchise, who has been so starved for a player like this. It's insane. Like, you know, you you, you see it with Buxton a little bit here now, right? Like, even though the Twins are off to a poor start, like, you see it with Buxton when he's healthy and he's on the field. You see the impact. Okay, uh, we can get there. But, like, what Kirill has been able to do, and the hype was always so real, and he comes in right away, and it clicks. There's no learning curve for him. He's literally playing with Victor Raskjud, and he's scoring 20 goals in over an 82-game season. He's flirting with 40. Imagine that. Like, uh, like he is, he is single. I know how mu- as much as we rag on Victor Rask, and rightfully so, he is mm-hmm. single-handedly keeping Victor Rask in the lineup and being paid. Like I don't think I don't think we've ever really had that discussion. That he is literally the only reason Victor Rask no. is playing right now.
1: Yeah, and I, the problem is, you know, if they had, and, and I, I tweeted this a couple nights ago, I think during the Kings game, but if they had a like if they had a true one. Can you imagine this guy with a true one? I and, I mean, Kaprizov, the incredible thing is, and I think this is what gets me so excited about watching him play, the incredible thing is all the attributes and intangibles that he brings to the ice. Um, he works his ass off. He's a superstar talent. He he will go into corners, and guess what? Ordinarily, come out with a puck. Um, he will He will, on the power play, occupy that bumper position, which is, you know, you, you get your butt kicked at times. Doesn't care. He will facilitate goals. But what I love now, and what's changed from the start, is he will facilitate goals until he sees that guys can't score, and then he's like, "Screw it, give me the puck now." And I'll go. And I felt like the first twelve to fifteen games, he was like, "Oh no, I'm still going to pass to you." And now he's like, ah, no, I'm not." He he had a goal. Uh, one of the two goals, I think. Oh, it was the second goal he scored against the Kings on Friday night, mm-hmm. where it was on a power play and he was in front and there was a guy you could see him think about passing it might have been Fiala, i forget but you could you could see the gears grinding right sure and i think the first 15 games he passes he's like okay i'll pass the puck now he's like now now i'll shoot and dex that first goal he scored was ridiculous mikey anderson is still at at the staples center trying to find his jock yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he. Lived, that's the definition of turning a guy inside out. So, so I think when, when you get into sports, too, to be fair to uh, the guys that, that we're talking about here. So when Moss came in the league, the league wasn't really prepared for Moss. And so Cunningham could throw that ball to Moss almost at will. And because the league hadn't progressed to, oh, my God, we, we've got to have an answer for this. You could throw Moss the ball almost continually and it just kept working right Well fast forward what 22 23 years now Justin Jefferson you can't do that with like Jefferson's gonna be covered at times and he's really good but he can't he can't tell Kirk you're going to throw me the ball every time right So he can't control his own fate as well and and the game has definitely shifted and it's basketball he can control his own fate. But he's definitely, to what you're saying, Dex, he's not where Kaprizov is, and he shouldn't be. He's 19. Um, he might be tracking there. I have no idea. But for as much as you can control your own fate in basketball, Ant's just not the player that Kaprizov is yet. And Buxton can do what he does, but, again, it's baseball, so you can't you can't say I'm going to, to hit one through nine, which would be nice with the current state of the Twins' offense. Um, Kaprizov literally can take control. And, I mean, this all comes back to why I keep saying – He's the best player in team history and it's not really close. They've never had a guy. I mean, Gaver couldn't do that. We've talked about this. Yep. Um, he can take control of the game in in so many different ways and he's really comfortable doing that. And that's why like this shouldn't be a debate about how good is Kaprizov? This should be a debate about oh my god, we're wa- we're watching for what in this state and for this team is a generational type of talent.
2: Absolutely. Um, when, when, we, when we first were trying to get our preseason predictions of him, like, you know, is, all right, we know he can score goals. We saw that at the KHA, KHL level, just on the box scores and whatnot. But can he skate? Can he move? Can he facilitate? You know, guys have come over from Russia and have just not panned out before. They go back home and they're, they're against superstars in the KHL. It is a different league. It's the second best league, uh, professional hockey league in the world. But it, it's a, certainly a different league. But he comes in right away, steps in, and he looks insanely comfortable. Yeah, part of it has to do with his age. Yeah, he's 23, and I know there's some flack about it. How come, by the way, I tweeted this out on Friday. I don't remember this being the case, and I and it's a pretty obvious rhetorical answer. Panarin also won Rookie of the Year with Chicago at
1: 23. It right? actually was controversial. It was I, it I controversial? It yes, it wasn't. Um, I, I, think, I think we're in on this because it's a player in this town. Yeah, yeah I Googled it, and there was controversy. But you're right, it's a complete parallel. Same age, because Kaprizov is is going to turn 24 Monday. Happy birthday to him. Uh, Panarin won the award at 24. KHL, guys, I believe Kaprizov was six years. I think Panarin was part of nine years total. But anyway, the parallel is, it's the exact same thing. And here's the thing. The National Hockey League, and this is why you have to vote for him. You can't pass your own rules. The National Hockey League says if you've played, I think it's 25 or more games in a professional league, you aren't eligible. But they don't see, and I don't know why, but they don't, they don't recognize the KHL as a professional league. So it's their own fault. It's sure. their fault. In, in fact, they, they used this very uh, thing in 7980 against Gretzky. So Gretzky had played for in the WHA the mm-hmm. year before. And the league said, that was a professional league. You can't win the Calder Trophy. Ray Bork won it, despite the fact that I think Gretzky tied for the league lead with Marcel Dion with, like, 135 points. Right. But they passed that rule. So this is, to your to what you're saying, like, this is the league saying, no, we don't recognize the KHL as a true professional league. Therefore, Kaprizov, if, if you don't vote for him, I think you should lose your vote. Like, that, it, it's just... It's you're basically saying I don't care what the rules are, which means then you shouldn't be voting. And if the league wants to clean the rule up after this season, I'm fine with that. But it's not cleaned up now, so he wins it. See, you later, absolutely, yeah. Back. And
2: and all and all of his metrics are there. I mean, he's playing a ton right now. He's playing 18 minutes a night. He has 22 goals in 47 games. I mean, I know they're slowly allowing fans in back into the building, but I mean, imagine this place at full capacity, 18,000, watching him play night in and night out and how good the wild have been to on home ice, which they've traditionally always been, but lately they've kind of slumped a little bit over the past years. And yeah, those flags would be waving. Um, it's, it's impressive, man. Everything is clicking with him. Uh, he's shooting the pucket done. He's converting a ton of goals. He can play all facets of the ice, He literally is everything that this franchise has been needing and wanting for a long time. And we probably won't get into it today, but that's where, when this season does end, how you identify and find that number one or, or at least some center to actually yeah. give you more depth because it, it would be a crying shame to go into the go into the next season with this same roster, which, by the way, they won't. I'm, I'm not advocating that they will. Right. Um, but with, if Rossi is indeed medically cleared to come back and you can find someone to supplement, I mean, my God, now you're not, not talking about the Wild being a nice team. You're talking about the Wild potentially being a very, very good team.
1: They're a cup contender, right?
2: Yeah, they would be. I,
1: I think the one thing that's going to hold them back from being a contender right now, and, and I could see them, winning a series. But I think the one thing that's going to hold them back is I think it's going to get very difficult when you start to play the best teams. And, you know, if you are going to throw Rask out there, he's going to lose. And he can't keep up, uh, which is why I keep saying that despite the fact there are some that push back against this, um, I would give Sturm a look-see there because he's got the speed and he can at least move with the game uh, what's going to happen when you're going potentially Declan against, you know, the Avs or Golden Knights, and it's Rask, and it's the playoffs, and it's a long series. He, like, literally can't keep up. He's a fourth-line guy at mm-hmm. best, if not a press box guy. Uh, and, and look, it would be – and Bill Guerin's going to get off some help, but it would be malpractice if you didn't because, I mean, this team can not only be high-powered and fun, this team can – with the right people at center, make a Stanley Cup type run. I'm not talking about a series. I'm not yeah. talking about two series. I'm talking about the Western Conference eventually representative in the finals. Because why not? If you've got, if you've got right now, uh, defensively, the blue line is really, I think, good. It's really solid. I mean, you got six guys that you trust. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's probably rare. fairly rare, right? Very rare. If Garin's going to win. Um, the GM of the year. I think the reason why I would vote for him, though, goaltending. Like he saw, he saw what they did and didn't have, and the Cam Talbot thing has worked out unbelievably well. Capo's um, good, but you've got you've literally gone from sitting down to watch a game and saying, "All right, what's going wrong tonight." goals anyways, right? Like what fluky goal is Doomnik going to to allow which he's doing in Colorado now. To Cam Talbot is incredibly solid. He's not flashy, it's not uh-huh. sexy, but he's just damn good. And then now you've got Fiala and Kaprizov, and you you've got wingers and Eric Sinek that I like. So I don't see why with the way this team is geared, I don't see why you couldn't make a run and more importantly there's nobody, in my opinion, that you're going to lose where you're going to say, Oh my God, you lost that guy, right? Yeah. Like if uh, Greenway gets ta- taken. Yeah. Or yeah, you know, like that's too bad, but I don't think it's going to submarine your roster. I
2: don't think it's going to submarine it either. I'm at that point too with the expansion draft is just how well people are playing right now that and how well the team is, that if they lost Greenway or if they lost Felino, um you know, Felino maybe Foligno, a little I bit more. I don't want to do lose lo- him either.
1: I do love him. I think he's a huge part of this team.
2: But if they lost Dumba or if they lost uh, Greenway, let's just say one of those two, because I think those are probably more likely than even Felino being taken. Um, Those are the two that even like, I'm not worried about it. I'm really not because I'm pretty convinced that they're going to get someone in free agency or trade that's going to help them down the middle. They have a nice young core of prospects who are basically ready to make the jump. I mean, Matt Boldy's playing very well in Iowa right now, quietly. We're not even talking about that because how good this team has been. Um, and, you know, just looking at the odds, you know, moneypuck.com, which, uh, which, which does all these odds with how far teams can go right now. The Wild are at about a 45% chance to make the second round of the playoffs. So essentially they're, they're addressing, yeah, it's probably a coin flip. It's probably a coin flip that they, that they win a, a first round series at this point. But then when you look at the finals... When you look at who can make the finals from, from the teams, the three teams in the, you know so unco- the, the, the Western division teams I know we're not in the East and West right now. we're four different divisions. Yeah it's but right. But right now it goes Colorado, Vegas, Toronto, Florida, Washington, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Minnesota. So basically, Colorado, Vegas had the best two odds to win the Stanley Cup. And then all those other teams are traditional Eastern Conference teams, so that means the Wild would be—they're the, the third team, they have the third best odds right now in the Western Conference teams to make the make the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be crazy, man. I think it's going to get really wacky and weird, and that's where that's where I said I would be okay with maybe making a trade and making a splash because like things are just so odd this year. I get why you didn't. I think that was the smarter move to do. I, I don't. I don't um, look at Bill Guerin and say, "Well, why the hell didn't you make a move?" And if they if they lose in the first round, I'm not going to really crutch back to that as well. It's something that will probably come in my mind, but it, it's not going to be something that is going to really hinder my outlook of this team. I mean, God, Judd, they're like 31 and 10 right now. I mean, they're almost what tw- 20 games over 500 at this point.
1: 31, 13, and three OT slash shootout loss. and they're
2: and they're doing everything. We said if they're gonna if they're gonna make a jump this season, we're doing preseason discussions. They said, well, they have to just beat up on the California teams, and you have to basically go 500 or better against these top guys. And that and that has been the case. They they have just absolutely feasted on the bottom teams, and they've gone about 500. I believe they're like eight and six against Colorado. And Vegas. So, like, they've basically been about a 500 team against the top two teams in the NHL right here. And that's all you can ask for. That's really all you can ask for. And in one case, they've played Vegas very well. Colorado, it's mostly been lopsided. Um, I think Wild fans got a little tease in that last performance when they waxed the app. Like, you're not going to beat the Avalanche 8 1 consistently like that. But it it does prove that this team, so as a, still can go pretty far. And with the Wild only five points out, I believe, of the top spot in the West right now, five or six right. points out. 70
1: to 65. No, you're right.
2: They're they are still in serious discussion to have home ice advantage through the first round of the playoffs. Like, that is sure. still a thing.
1: That's what I want to talk about. I, I want to talk about, so right now, the, the West division standings decks are Golden Knights with 70 points, Avs with 66 in 45 games played. Keep Keep that in mind because that's important. The Wild has 65 points in 47 games played, um, and, then, and then there's a huge drop-off to the Coyotes. The Coyotes are at 47 points. They're in fourth right now. And St. Louis is in fifth, one point behind uh, Arizona. I want to get to, though, the potential for a playoff matchup if Vegas maintains first place, Okay, okay, with Colorado. And here's the one thing. And I don't, and like I think it's being dismissed too much across the board. Now the Avs, I understand, have two games in hand on the Golden Knights and Wild, and that's important. I'm not dismissing that, but they are also coming off COVID, long break, guys still coming back. Uh, that they, I think they won their first game against the Blues in St. Louis after the COVID their break last Thursday. They then lost on Saturday to the Blues. I think they're playing the Blues three or four consecutive games. My point being is in 45 games right now, the ABS have 66 points. The Wild in 47 games have 65 points. Mm-hmm. If somehow, and look, if Dubnik has to continue to play goal, this is possible. I mean, this this, this is the X factor. But we've all seen it, and Dubnik hasn't changed. If somehow you can pass the ABS and get into second place, and even if you have to play them, I do think that last change, if you have home ice, is going to be huge because that's going to allow you throughout the series, starting in games one and two decks, to match up the Erickson-Eck line against the McKinnon line, which is going to drive those guys crazy. And keep in mind, a long series is not the same as, we're going to play you eight times, but it's going to be, we're going to play it twice here, and then we're going to play it twice in a month, and then, no, I'm talking about a series, Okay. And I saw, I saw Walls and the Wild defensive pairing do this to Forsberg in 2003. And I'm telling you, McKinnon's got a fuse here. And Erickson Eck is a master. A master at pushing the, mm-hmm. the fuses of opposing good players, okay? So if you could get yourself into a position where you finish second and play the abs but with home ice, I think it gives you matchup-wise an enormous advantage that you would lose out on if it's Colorado two and you three.
2: Yeah. I I think if you get the home ice, it changes the discussion a little bit. I still think it. Not saying you win. I'm just saying exactly. Um, If they had home ice, let's say it was home ice against Vegas. I think the wild win that series. Um, I I know I'm not going down the path there, but if they got home ice against Vegas, hypothetically, I think the wild win that series. They just played them well. So well, at home and on and in Vegas, that they've matched up well. But your point about Colorado, um, you know that yeah, the Eck line is going to try to shut down that McKinnon line, and rightfully so. And at, Colorado's shockingly deep too. They they are not just the one horse one line team that they were two years ago. You know that they were just saying, hey, we have this one line, try your best to stop it. Everything else is basically a wash. Well, if you stop that McKinnon line, if Eck and them do their job at stopping the McKinnon line. Then everything else, I think, starts to really, really even out for the Wild. Then I really think they actually match up pretty well. Like the the hilarious part about this whole thing is we talk about Kaprizov and and Fiala, but then the role players, like Zach Parisi, is a role player right now. Like some Wild fans are still, I think, having a tough time understanding that, like, even though he's Zach Parisi, like he is a like number four or five on the list of guys that is going to make the bigger impact on a game, and like that, and. And I'm talking about forwards, goalies, defensemen. He is far... He's probably even farther down that list. He's a nice role player right now. And by the way, good. Kudos. Kudos to the Wild and good for Zach Preiser for finding his game and understanding. Like, Zach, you're up there in age. This team is heading in a different direction. It's built differently from previous teams you were on when you were here in Minnesota. You have to accept that you're only going to play 13 minutes a night, man. Like, that... The acceptance of that. Zuccarello also coming back from his arm injury, and I know he got off really hot, has cooled off a bit, but is still a better player than he certainly was in his first season with oh, the Wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joel Eriksson, even though he's a pest, is like fourth in even strength goals this year. No one saw that coming. And then you have a really, really fun fourth line that can also go toe-to-toe with most fourth lines with your great defense and your really solid goaltending. So that's where it is. It's a big assignment. I'm not saying that Eck and, that, and them can just... Flip a switch and magically shut down McKinnon, game over. The Wild win that series. No, it'll take a, it'll take a tall task to do that. Still, but with how volatile they are in net, Colorado. That is, if, if Grubauer, um, if he starts to play poorly, or if Dubnik really, if they start putting him in more because they want Grubauer to get some rest, because they know they're already going to be in the playoffs, it's going to cause a really interesting storyline that we're basically looking at Colorado maybe sabotaging themselves a little bit down the stretch here of the final ten games of the season.
1: So, I I think. You're, you're right in the sense that the Wild matches up better against the Golden Knights just as far as team versus team goes. Yep. But in, in the playoffs, I actually like the Golden Knights goaltending way more. Like, I th- like that's, oh, yeah. those guys are going to be tough. Yes. And, and so I think, you're, I think as far as the chess pieces of the matchup go, if you're a Wild fan, you prefer the Golden Knights in the first round if you could play them. That being said, the abs and goal are susceptible. And they could have problems. And and the more that you can get in the head of that first line, I think the more problems McKinnon's head. L- Lanniscock has a has a bad tendency to melt down. He's a really good player. I, I love how he plays the game. But I mean he has a tendency to get mad and do stupid things. So it's sort of an interesting uh, comparison because I think if you played if you played Vegas in the first round, I think you match up really well. But I think their goaltending could give you a problem. I think if you play Colorado, you don't match up great, but you would have the chance for bad goals. I will say this. The one thing that I like that I'm pretty convinced about this wild team in the opening round of the playoffs, that won't be a problem. That was a lot before. I don't think you're going to have any question about them getting to the net and causing problems. like that. The whole thing that drove me crazy, the Blues series, right? Jake Allen stood on his head, and he did play well but they didn't get to the net like they had a ton of shots in fact in fact you know what dex that series was that series what's happened is what is happening in reverse to the wild right now look at the shots on goal wild's getting yep. all the shots on goal and you're like it doesn't matter if you're not at the net right <laughs> and now it's like well the wild's outshot all the time and it's incredible it doesn't it, it's one of the most overrated statistics unless you see the shot chart and you can see the zones of where guys shoot from but I just always go back. That blue series drove me crazy because Jake Allen played really well. And, and St. Louis had a great game plan and, as as I recall, had a huge advantage because their blue line core was a bunch of really tall, rough guys, which was great for them. Um, but that's the difference now. And I don't think there's going to be any question that when the puck drops to start the playoffs this time around, the Wild might lose. But I don't think they're going to lose because guys are trying to shoot from the circles. And from the point, right? And nobody is penetrating. That's gonna be the difference. And and it's my true belief that in playoff hockey, that becomes absolutely crucial that you have guys like Greenway, Felino, guys that can get to the net. Benino, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't he's not a big guy, but I'll tell you right now, he doesn't care. Like mm-hmm. he will go. I, I loved his his post game. I think it was I think Benino did a post game interview with Kevin Gorg after Friday's game. And, you know, ordinarily guys are like, they call him K-Train and stuff. And they're like, and Gorg, he's great. But it was awesome. He was having none of it. Like, you didn't feel good about it. He's like, yeah, we won. But the, the last thing that we can do now is be like, we want a game. That's great. because, And he's right. Because if you now basically go to, we've made the playoffs, then you let down for, well, now it would be like two weeks. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, I just, I love how this team is wired. And I love the fact that guys like Benino and Cole and those guys, they like look at a playoff berth for what it's worth. Nothing. Like you should make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, what can you do from there?
2: Exactly. To the point of being outshot and not creating, you know, enough advantage on, on shot charts and whatnot. Um, it'd be one thing if the wild who are getting heavily outshot, but aren't scoring high danger goals. Well, the wild are still scoring high danger goals. They're fifth right now in in high danger goals for this year, according to natural stat trick. And the teams above them, Colorado, the Islanders, the lightning, the stars. So only those four teams omit the stars there for a bit, the Avs, the Isles, the lightning. Those are three teams that could definitely contend on winning a Stanley cup this year. Like no question. I can see, I can see one of those three teams being there. Um, and if you're going to be able to convert high danger chances, well, then I don't care your outshot thirty-one to twenty-three. That part doesn't really bug me. And right. then on the other end of the ice, because you have Cam Talbot and Kapu who have played very well, their high danger save percentage. So the high danger chances you're allowing, they're stopping those chances. So you're not you're not putting yourself in a in a dangerous situation for high danger uh, a save percentage. So you have to like take. It can't all. We've talked about this in baseball and hockey too. You can't just look at all the analytics and say it all supports this idea. You do have to use your eyes. You have to blend both of them together. That's when the analytics work the best is when you use an analytic and you use your eyesight, use the game tape, and you can put both of those situations together. It, it's not just one way. And, and you know what? I hate to be, and I'm the young guy here. I'm the one who loves analytics. I hate to be that person, but there is a degree to the statement of analytics are ruining sports for those exact reasons. Like I, I, even I can recognize that we can't just always be looking at the analytics. We have to be looking at the data. We have to look at the eyes. We have to be looking at scouting. It can't just be one thing with analytics. It has to be everything involved, putting together the perfect marriage to make right. the point correct.
1: Absolutely, because if you were to look at Kaprizov's stats, you would come to the correct conclusion that he is a great player, right? But you wouldn't have any clue about why he's truly great. Like, his stats are great. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you have to watch him play, and you realize, oh, my God, this guy works his butt off, and he goes in and wins pucks, and, and he, knows how to, he knows how to essentially, when, when he's got the puck, Use his back to box guys out. I mean, it's stuff like that that puts him, to me, at a, a level in the conversation that transcends, you know what, he he can score. So you're exactly right. And it, it becomes incredibly important then if you're going to blend these things to, especially in this sport, understand what the intangibles are that are important. And what the, you know, I mean, and that's why, look, that's why Coyle, to me, like statistically, he's, I think he's okay. Okay but Charlie Coyle will always be a massive disappointment because I watched him play and I knew what could have been there. And so did you, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Foligno has become what that, what char, what we thought Coyle could be. But if you just look at his stats, you'd be like, Oh, he's a, he's a nice player in 2021. He is a fantastic player. Why? Because he does a ton of things and he, and he drives to the net and he absolutely cares. And right now, the Wild finally does not have – I don't think they have a player who has, as I like to say, retired on the job. I really don't. Parisi – Parisi's always worked. Like, that's never been the question, right? He's always worked. But last night, what impressed me so much at the end of that game was they've now gotten that fourth line and Parisi to a point, they put them out really late. And two weeks ago, they don't do that. And they do it now. Why? because Zach has learned what the expectation is and you're right it's to be a role player but he can be a really good one yes but that but that's the buy-in that leads to success mm-hmm. that's the buy-in oh it's not about me huh okay then i then i'll jump i'll jump aboard and do my job or you just get out but the fact is last night that game and you know Dex third period there of, of that sharks game That was a game for about three years where you knew in your soul that the Wild was going to blow that game. (laughs) Like, you knew yeah. the Sharks scored once, the Sharks scored twice, and you're like, oh, this isn't good, right? And then Doom Nick allows a really bad goal, and then Suter stands there and gets beat, right? I mean, those are the things that happened for about three years. And last night, for the first time in a long time, I thought, they're not going to blow this. They're not going to come close to it. And they didn't. That's how much this has pivoted to being a different team.
2: Absolutely, it's it's getting the guys in here like Benino and Cole, um, and putting yourself in a position where you can still be a good team going forward. You know, uh, I I know I tweeted out a month ago, like all these UFAs. You know, I I don't think most of them are back next year. If you can get Benino back on the right, like Ryan Hartman coming back on a one point seven million dollar cap hit, and some again, some people just like, why are we signing bottom six guys to multi year deals? First off, it's one point seven million dollars. It is hump change. Yeah, no. And he yes. recognizes that I could have made more money if I hit this time. Like, I'm aware that I could have made more per going on to the free agent market. I don't want to. Why? Because I am buying into what this team is building. Mm-hmm. That That is all culture right there. That is literally all culture of Ryan Hartman mm-hmm. realizing, like, yeah, I'm still 27, 28. I'm not a top-end guy. Yeah, I know I was a first-round pick. But I can have a nice career for five to seven more years here and make more money um, but by being thrown more dollars from a, from a lesser team. But I'd rather just stay here and... And take a, a team-friendly deal because I know what this team can accomplish. So that that's a good sign. And if Benino wants to sign up for that, then I'm interested in that too. Same with Ian Cole. I don't want to get into a, in a part where I'm I'm overpaying for those guys. I don't want to yeah. be and I don't and, and to be honest with the way they carry themselves and the way Garen looks at them, he's not going to also give them a insane deal just because he really really likes them. He's going to say, Hey, here's the facts. Here's what I can give you. Agree. Sign on the dotted line or best of luck in your future endeavors.
1: Agree completely. Yeah, and I, I'd like to keep one of those two at the very least. Um, I just think that, that the stability that they both bring is huge. And I love I love the fact that they are no BS players. Like there is no I it would be so much fun from our perspective to be able to go in that room now after oh, yeah. games just to see how different the accountability is now. There would be no excuses. Mm-hmm. There'd be no yeah, I was screened. I didn't see those goals. I don't know. I mean, I made a lot of good saves, <laughs> though, right? I mean, all of that I'm guessing is gone. But um, yeah, they, yes, I think you just hit the nail right on the head. I don't think Bill Guerin's going to make dumb deals, but I also think that the Hartman signing is indicative of how much guys are buying in and how excited they are one, about their role, and two, about where it might go. And this, I mean, this is tracking. I don't think that they're there yet, to be very clear. But this, to me, is tracking of a feeling of a team that can make a run. Because it's not an all-star team. It's not this, oh, we got, you know, Thomas Vanek's been added now. Now they can score more. goals. no, this is very much a team where it feels like the moves are strategic. And they do need to add a few pieces, definitely. Um, But it starts with the fact that you now have a superstar player. And you exactly. didn't have this for twenty years.
2: So. Yeah. Hey. Well, isn't uh isn't Alexander Ovechkin a free agent this year? Isn't he? Uh, isn't he also Oops. entering UFA deals? Does you want to come play with his
1: buddy Kareem? I'm gonna get the flag out again. All right, Dex. <laughs> say your thing. All right. Pass. Shoot. Score.
0: This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth turkey for forty or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Bakers has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, bike plus, or tread.